Alrighty. Welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I'm Cameron Tepitzbai. I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn. We have a Drew Holiday press conference to talk about. We have Media Day to talk about. We have who the hell is going to start for the Celtics to talk about. And to break it all down, we bring in not just one, but two members of the How About Them Celtics podcast, Sam LaFrance and Jack Simone. Sam and Jack, what is up? Jack, you have more to share than me. You first. (laughs) I'm just like the second stick of deodorant in the value pack. (laughs) I was in limbo. I was like, who are we talking? Who's talking first? Uh, It's good. Thanks, Cam. Thank you for having us both on. We appreciate it as always. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. We're going to have some fun. Uh, It could not be hotter in my domain right now. Freaking hot here too, man. What the hell? Yeah, it's like 80 degrees today. I was eating wings for lunch. And I was just sitting there sweating, like, like actually like sweat pouring down my face. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah. <laughs> happy October. Wings for lunch is a young man's game. I don't know what you're, you're thinking about that one. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about true. the Celtics. Like I said, uh, training camp has begun. Media day was Monday. Ordinarily, that's exciting enough because we have real things to talk about in theory. But the Boston Celtics not only got their first look at Chris Depps-Persingas, they also got their first look at Drew Holiday. And our friend Jack was there, boots on the ground, covering it all this week. So I'm going to swing it to you, Jack. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Um, And then Sam and Justin, you can chime in with what you saw from afar. Because some of us were working or in Mexico, both of which are valid excuses. Mm. Jack. Kind of a long trip to the garden. Kind of a long (laughs) trip to the garden. And then the parking's not super well, it's at the Auerbach Center, and the parking there could be who wants to pay for parking. So, Jack, I'm going to ask you about the Drew Holiday press conference first because it's uh, the yeah. most relevant thing, and then we can do other media day stuff. So, that was this afternoon. Um, for people who missed it, first of all, what were some of the major things that were said? But, like, you were there, what was the mood in the room? What, was, what were the things that you might not have caught just watching it? Yeah, well, the mood in the room, I know everyone's seen the memes on Twitter of, oh, get somebody who smiles at you like Brad Stevens smiles at your holiday. I don't think that was fully, like, encapsulated by Twitter. Brad Stevens was, like, on, on laughing gas the whole time. Like, he he was just <laughs> out of his mind, so ecstatic. John Corrales asked him about it. He, so he said, Brad, we never see you this happy. What's the deal? And Brad was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I guess, And he goes, I guess it's not a good day to play poker. Like, <laughs> you can just tell the entire Celtics organization is obscenely excited to get Drew Holiday in the building. Uh, Wick and uh, Pags talked about the entire press conference. This is the bre- best practice we've ever seen. This is the best vibes we've ever seen from a team. Drew Holiday went on about how, you know, I wanted to go somewhere I could um, win a championship. And obviously that, that team is, is this team is good for that. Uh, he hinted at like when I got traded to Portland, the next question was, where am I going to land? I secretly hoped it would be here. But sometimes if you get your hopes up, you can get your dreams crushed. But luckily it worked out. <clears throat> so that was fun to hear as well. Um, talked about how Portland like handled it well. Said, you know, Joe Cronin was great about it. He he helped me go to where I wanted to go, um, which I thought was interesting, especially after the damn stuff. Uh, and then it just is good vibes all around. He, he said the first person to text him was Joe Missoula, and he sent him clips of how to run or defend the pick and roll uh, as soon <laughs> as he got the notification that he got traded there. So it, it was good vibes all around. Drew Holiday seems happy to be in Boston. The Boston's very happy to have Drew Holiday there and uh, practice w- was good from everything they said up there as well, which was, was good to hear. Uh, also noted that or Pag said, I've never seen Jalen Brown get stopped on a drive, but he ran into Drew today and it was like two you know, forces colliding. Uh, and so it, it's just it's just fun to hear those little tidbits. Um, Pags, uh, not yeah. watch the conference. He didn't watch the playoffs. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I think he quantified in practice. So maybe maybe that's okay. the tidbit. But everyone's very, very excited for Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday seems happy to be here. And uh, when he asked about, you know, what, what, what What's it going to look like when you play the Bucs? And he just he said, you know, it should be fun. Also said that Boston Celtics fans are insane. It was very serious about answering that question. <laughs> he was. They are crazy. He was like, these guys are nuts. Uh, but every, everyone's hyped. Everyone's hyped. Okay. I, uh, that, I actually that, uh, had like a, a feeling of like Brian's hat there when he was talking about the fans. I was like, damn, like this kind of feels like a bit of an attack. Like he was like going to be like, yeah, they were really mean to me when I was on the Bucs. I thought that was coming, but it, it did not. 
Maybe it's because he kind of can't say that right now, but he he was like almost like sneak taking shots at the Celtics fans. They'll they'll have his back though. Uh, For as long as he's here. Um, So that's something I want to talk about later in the program and the lab portion of programming. We're going to talk about how this season fits together. What are the lineups, things like that. Uh, Wick made mention that I think he specifically said six years. They're looking to spend, they're looking to do whatever it takes um justin i want to go to you on that like the brass tax and then jack maybe you can color in like how that question popped up and like what the how everyone felt about the answer but basically wick said the ownership group is not thinking about money right now that they're they're going to win banner 18 or die trying i think is roughly the direct quote dr quinn there are some limitations to that what was your read on that quote that it's not my money and I'm very happy that they are willing to spend it. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see now. Uh, Wick went on record saying they're going to be a second apron team. And that, like, antennas right up when he said that. Because this team needs a big man who can play at least in the first round of the playoffs, right? At least, right? To, I won't even talk about injuries. We've already said enough about injuries. We know why we, they need one. If they use the great Williams TPE to trade for or sign a player in the last uh, year of his contract, no, trade for the last player. No, I'm confusing stuff. I'm tired. I'm a little over, a little overblown, but if they use the team. Can I hop in? That's an important point that like suddenly as a second apron team, there are like really specific caveats for bringing in other players. So as much as in the future. So for now, no, but even this year, aren't they? The 110%. Yeah, the 110% uh, rule for trade matching is in effect, but right now, that's the only thing that they have to worry about. Isn't that the buyout guy stuff? Isn't that this year? I think once they become a second apron team, they can't do that. So once they become a second apron team, they cannot get buyout guys. But until they use the last bit of salary they have to go over, which I think they're just underneath it right now, then that will be a thing. So at the end of the season, they will not be able to sign buyout guys. I think they can still sign overseas guys, if I'm not mistaken. But at least for now, the biggest thing, the biggest, there will be stuff in the future to deal with. They were probably hitting there anyway. So if they see a reason to go for a player that they think is good, or they have someone in mind, which maybe they do, uh, this is a very clear public signal. What they actually do may not be the same thing. It wouldn't be the first time a GM says, yeah, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing, and then nothing happens. Uh, in this case, it's ownership, so maybe it carries a little bit more weight. But to hear him publicly say that got me very excited. Zach, while we're on the topic of like roster building and money, they hinted, and it's been reported, that Holiday and the Celtics might come to an extension. And as a reminder, he's a player option for $39.5 million next year. Um I don't think any real details were spilled, but it did, did it seem like that was in earnest that uh, an extension for holiday might be around the corner? Yeah, he's not technically eligible yet. He's not eligible till the end of next season, I believe, or I think it's like yeah. the spring at some point. These were dates speculated in like chats and stuff. I don't actually know the date, but he would have to play the entirety of the regular season, I believe, and then go into the playoffs. But when asked about it, Brad Stevens was like, yep, that's, you know, we want to keep him around long-term, blah, blah, blah. And then Drew Holiday, when he finished up, cut in and said, Brad's been very open and communicative about that, which I've appreciated. So it does sound like they've come to an understanding like, Hey, you know, let's, we'll probably get something done. So it it does seem like Drew holiday in Boston is not just a short-term plan, regardless of the money. It seems like they want to keep him around. Sure. And just on the subject. And I, I, I'll, I'll just peek behind the curtain. I wanted this episode to be predominantly about a Derek White extension. Mm-hmm. There isn't news there. And you I have the right guy bottom, right. We would, oh, I have mine. I have mine. <laughs> yeah, you're oh. stacked. Brady Bunch. My bad. My bad. Sorry, it's, it's Jack. Jack. It's Jack. <laughs> Who's the, oh, Jack. Yeah, Jack the Derek White uh, whisperer, maybe. Um, so I wanted to talk about Derek White extension, but there just isn't news there, which I think could be news. Um, Should be news, right? It's important. Hmm. Okay, let's pause the action and talk about our friends over at FanDuel, where you can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action. There's spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I think anyone who has been watching the NFL season knows that it has been an exciting one. 
Um, Bobby, you dialed into NFL 30 seconds on the season. Uh, tough break for Aaron Rodgers, and that still hangs over at the start of this whole campaign, but the Cowboys look incredible, and I'm not enamored by the lack of weapons the Chiefs have, so I think the Super Bowl is up for grabs. Yeah, people were trying to tell me the Lions were going to be good this season. Uh, I don't think the Lions are very good. I don't know anything Kansas about City. football. They're never good. <laughs> yeah. That's they might be back, Justin. Mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's a lot of action to get in on, so visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. He must be 21 and older in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only and a $10 first deposit is required. Bonuses are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.fanduel. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. You both said that's what I'm saying is there's there's been reporting about Pritchard and maybe they won't agree to a number Pritchard just play this season for goodness sake dude um I am curious about the the future of Derek White that's one of the last you know sexy chunks of salary that could be moved for maybe what is now a redundant piece and now I'm pulling threads and that's not what this episode is about but I'm curious what happens next with that so I'm going to put a pin on that in case it's relevant sometime soon. All right, let's do a little bit more about training camp, media day, the, the, the week that was, and then we will talk about what this roster looks like. So um, I'll just go around the horn. To, I'm going to put people on the spot a little bit. What was your favorite storyline or video that you saw or quip? I'll let everyone think because I'm kind of changing the script. It's not very fun, but uh, the video of Jalen Brown dribbling with his left hand and the jokes that people got <laughs> off accordingly... That's the kind of dumb fun. And the fact that the Celtics are now hiring. Yeah, the Celtics are now hiring a social media manager. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't know about that. They had had Socio, the Spanish firm, for a while, but I I haven't heard anything about the renewal of that, so maybe I went by the wayside. I I felt like some of the posts, oh, whatever, we can do that off air. Not important. Um, Okay, so that's an example of... uh, what is the term that I want? A one-off from media day or training mm. camp that you can share. A non-sequitur. Thank you. Jesus. Um, Sam, a non-sequitur from this week. So one of the most interesting tidbits I heard was Lamar Stevens kind of talking about why he chose to come to the Celtics. I mean, it was something I wrote about for Celtics blog, but talks about winning culture, talks about replacing uh, defense that was lost this summer and Marcus and Grant Williams, even Rob. And I really felt that was a really exciting tidbit from him especially because he's not even on the team yet but Mm -hmm. his area of the backup wing rotation whatever you want to call it is the most wide open and he's somebody that started 25 games for the Cavs last year a team that was top five in the eastern conference like a real team beat the celtics three times on overtime and he helped them come back in the i'm gonna make both game for grant williams Mm -hmm. i would love to see him get real minutes for the celtics Every single season of his NBA career, he has improved three-point shooting. He couldn't shoot for anything his rookie year. Uh, the next year, he got a little bit better. Went up to like 27%. Last year, 31.6. And he mentioned that he truly focuses big time on his jump shot, on his ability to knock down threes. And if he's going to be able to do that and bring it on the defensive end, there's no reason why he shouldn't get minutes for the Celtics team. It may not be uh, the category you're looking for in, in terms of fun trading camp stuff, but it stuck out to me because he's a new guy yeah, I like that. and uh, I would like to see him suit up Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to that preseason tip off against Philly because we're going to see a lot of new stuff. I think the new stuff is just what differentiates this from every other year because we don't know what to expect yet. Nice. I, I have Steven's takes too. I'll assume for the lab portion of the program because I'm, I'm in a lot of agreement there. Um, Dr. Quinn, a, a non-sequitur or a sequitur, I guess. So I don't know if I'm exactly bending the rules here because it wasn't just media day. I mean, it extended into today. Uh, it w- was happening before the Drew trade even went down when he was on the JJ Reddick podcast. You probably know where I'm going with this by now. 
There is a new version of Joe Missoula interacting with the media, and it's warmer, it's fuzzier, it's more confident, it is more direct, less combative, and I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. You're telling me. Um, I suspect he is a weird dude through and through. Oh, he's still very weird. Definitely weird. As, as are the, I mean, kettle to the yeah. pot here, but yeah, I agree that there's a a fluency with which he, he's talking to the press that feels pretty different. Um, cool. I like that one. That's a good one. It's also in our show notes. So good job, Justin. Jack, uh, something you picked up, something you saw, something maybe that hasn't really been reported, but is worth talking about. Yeah. Um, well, first re Lamar Stevens, uh, that Sam was saying way too good to be on, uh, like not on the actual roster. He's, he's, uh, and I'm, you know, sneak peek, I guess, invested from mm-hmm. a journalistic standpoint that he does make the roster. <clears throat> but anyways, <laughs> um, two things I had for me today, and they'll both be quick so we can run through them here. One, Jordan Walsh saying Al Horford made him watch the Godfather because mm-hmm. he, he's too young and saying that, you know, when you were in college, I wasn't born yet. Hilarious. And two, Jalen Brown saying Derek White was just, drunk at the Colorado game <laughs> and he was messing around and then Derek White coming up the podium and saying hey <laughs> hands up my bad basically uh that so those were both pretty uh funny tidbits for media day I also feel like Derek is a little more confident and comfortable with the media sometimes he feels like he's not and seems like so far yeah, yeah he knows he looks fly yeah that's why he's, he's yeah. not being judged anymore all this beautiful baby um the Jordan Walsh thing is also cute because Al Horford's nickname is Godfather. So one thing that uh, I will guarantee is that Deion Sanders will come to a Celtics game. Not because Jalen Brown told him to. I don't That'll think be Deion fine. Sanders is, you know, uh, like so excited to hang out with a 26-year-old Jalen Brown. But no one in American sports is better at self-promotion than Deion Sanders and the Boston Celtics are going to be on national TV a lot of times, and there's going to be a moment where Colorado needs a news cycle, and Deion Sanders is going to show up courtside at a Celtics game. It's going to be great because primetime knows how to move the product. He was Speaking firing of, up the Sixers today. Yeah, did you see that? I thought. Well, uh, first of all, cute that the Sixers asked Denver Nuggets permission to have training <laughs> yeah. camp in Colorado Springs. It makes a lot of sense that um, primetime is up there. Incidentally, uh, was it Colorado Springs or Fort Collins? No, it's Colorado Springs. No, it's Fort yeah. Collins. Oh, it's Fort Collins. Uh, Fort okay. Collins. It's it. Fort Collins. I know that because uh, I have a friend who lives up there, and it is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the first place my dad came to when he came to the States was Fort Collins, and I've since visited, and yes, agreed. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's halfway between Denver and Cheyenne. That's about where it is. Okay. Uh, while we're speaking about Deion Sanders and primetime and self-promotion, Sam... You all on your uh, illustrious podcast, the How About Them Celtics podcast, have a recurring bit called The Rat List. Sure you, do. Where you talk about uh, gripes and people rats. and things. Rats. Yeah. Um, is it because of The Departed or no? Uh, no. So it's actually because, <laughs> so we have, uh, on our graphic, we have The Rat, and its name is Matt. So my yeah. good friend, Matt, who I used to work with, will throw that around uh he umpires baseball so he'll call uh people that complain people coaches whoever rats so i started throwing it back and forth with jack and we ended up landing on the rat list and that's how matt got his name not the rat and i mean he delivers rat rat claims better than either one of us it's it's something to be heralded wow okay challenge extended i will i will as a tease say we'll close we'll do a mini rat list Okay. To honor of the How About Them Celtics podcast. Right. So everyone in the back of your mind, be thinking of um, your rats. I don't know. I just, I think of Jack Nicholson and The Departed. And it feels like there's so much anger in my voice when I rat. Okay. Anyways, um, anything else from Media Day? Jalen Brown did a bit with Complex about his sneakers, which is an ongoing topic, which is pretty interesting. Um, I, it's worth checking out. I am curious to see where he goes with shoes. Actually, just in 10 to 20 seconds on Kyler Kelly, a new camp signee. Yeah, uh, there's not too much to say. He's seven feet tall. Uh, he had kind of a circuitous route to the NBA after going undrafted in the 2020 draft. Uh, he's basically a defensive specialist. He has no game away from the basket, isn't going to make the regular roster, has almost no chance of making a two-way slot, but will probably be playing for your main Celtics. Tremendous. What a segue. So 
Poor man's Rob from Oregon. I would say Wenyan Gabriel is more of that. I'm actually pretty psyched to see him play. I think he's going to surprise some people. But uh, this guy, I think, is kind of like a very poor man's Luke Cornett. Oh. I was going to say. See, Luke Cornett is like a poor man's something. If you want, if you're the poor man of the poor man, what does that make him? The homeless man? Luke Cornett is a rich man. He's the tallest American born. He's richer than I am and will ever probably be. So I'm not talking any smack. These are just relative assessments. These are all amazing basketball players, particularly compared to me. He's like the Lieutenant Dan of centers. Is that what he is? Uh, Well, here's a hot take. Um, Wendian Gabriel might not be a poor man's Robert Williams. He might just be on the level of Robert Williams because if he plays more than like 40 games a season, that's pretty valuable. Anyways, I like that. I can't wish Robert Williams more luck in Portland. I I like that person as a person and as a basketball player, but you got to play the game, man. He said Scoot Henderson's real fast. Yeah. A little more colorfully than that, as I remember. Yeah. Anyways, put on your safety goggles, uh, put away your flammables. We're hopping in the lab, and we're going to talk about what this roster looks like, and more importantly, what to do with it. So let's do this. There's a lot of players on the team, some of whom will see much action for the YouTube crowd, or for the non-YouTube crowd, Sam put glasses on. (laughs) I'm just murdering Jack today. I've doubled Jack over like three or four times now. Wow. I know, a prop, a prop. It's just, it's just, it's it's just Cam goes, put on your goggles, and I just see Sam go. I wear these to mow my lawn. Uh, okay, yeah, fair. Celtics lab. Compressed polycarbon, I'm good. Uh, the, the audio listeners are confused, I'm sure. Okay. I mean, what Let's else do this. Let's run through who is on the roster, and then we'll have to dissect who's going to play a lot, who's going to play a little, who's going to play in Maine, who's not going to play in New England. And then we want to figure out the starting lineups, the defensive lineups. We're just going to kind of chew the fat over who plays with whom and for how long. So for anyone who's not been paying attention, let me just run through something like a depth chart. I'll start in the front court with the traditional bigs, Chris Tapps and Porzingis. I'm going to editorialize on this one, who has been talking a lot about playing center. We should Mm -hmm. talk about that. Al Horford, the aforementioned Luke Cornett, Wendell Gabriel, and Namias Keita. Is that how we're saying it? Namias? Keita, right? I've heard, I've heard Keita, yeah, and Nemias sounds well. I've Nemi. heard. I don't know if it's correct. We're getting there. It's not, well, it's not what I said. Um, well, Jack okay. is the Nemi whisperer. Is that true? I, I think it's Nemias <laughs> Keita. But I don't know yeah. for sure. I did ask Celtics PR if he could be made available this week, so maybe we'll get an answer later oh. this week at practice. But we'll see. Right? Because he played um, high school ball here, right? Is that him? No, that's when he gave. Oh, that's yeah. when played in Mass. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Okay, so those are the big New Hampshire. Was... He played in New Hampshire, but just over the border. Yeah, we're professionals in this podcast. Played in Where's both. Horford, mm, Arnett, Gabriel, Keita. Those are your. I bigs. got nothing to contribute. Your wings. <laughs> Tatum, maybe you've heard of him. Jalen Brown, maybe you've heard of him. Sam Hauser, O'Shea Brissett, Canada's finest, and the young man Jordan Walsh. Uh, the swing players, so we can slot them where you need them. Lamar Stevens, Svi Mikhailuk, I think is that what we're saying that? Delano Banton and Jay Scrub, same birthday as me. Don't get it twisted. Oh. Also, I have a twin sister, as some of us just learned. Ball handlers, Derek White, Drew Holiday, Peyton Pritchard, and JD Davison, who had a birthday yesterday. And in the orbit, J.D. Stevenson, Kyler Kelly. So that's the depth chart for anyone who is just... D.J. Stewart. Yes. What did I say? You said J.D. Davidson again. It's been a long week, folks. We're really, really tired. Please be gentle. (laughs) No, I don't think it is. Is it? I have no I think it was J.D. Davidson's birthday was today or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. This week. Feels like a lot of people are having birthdays this year. Okay. That was the most Yogi Berra thing you have ever said. Get used to it, Mike. (laughs) Literally all of us are. Let's do this. I'm going to put people on the spot again. Just off the cuff. Don't give me that, like, it's not important. It's more important who closes or, like, Mm. well, it depends if it's a back-to-back. What is your platonic ideal for the Boston Celtics starting lineup? You can justify it with 10 to 20 seconds of 
backing it up. That's all I want. Off the cuff, starting lineup. Jack, you have the floor. So when the Drew Holiday trade happened, I just assumed it would be Al Horford. But the more I've thought about it, it it makes more sense to go Drew Holiday, Derek White, the Jays, and Porzingis. Because that not only helps your center depth, which would be able to be improved because Al Horford would be coming off the bench. But you also have Peyton Pritchard. And as as much as people have been concerned, you know, is he still happy here? How good is he? Is he in playoff season? He's probably one of your best players outside of that top six and so having him as your one of your first two off the bench is a little, little bit better in my opinion than Derek White and like Wendy Gabriel and I love Wendy Gabriel I think he's actually gonna be really good I'm very high on him going into the season but having a starting lineup of the two guards and then Horford Pritchard Hauser off the bench sounds a bit more like solid than going big and then Derek White Pritchard Luke Cornett off the bench so I, I think running the guards plus it just allows the Celtics to play fast and, and and the perimeter defense would be insane with Porzingis at the rim. I, I think Derek White starts over Horford. All right. Dr. Quinn, pop in. I agree. And that's probably, well, that's what I expect, but I would also be interested in seeing a lineup of Derek White, uh, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Porzingis for a three guard centric, not quite small ball. It's kind of like typically normal size ball. They're, they're not like, Jalen is not small for a small forward. So even though that is kind of like a downsize a bit, I think that we might see some of that too. Isn't that Jack? Jack, isn't that your preferred starting lineup? Yeah, Derek went over Horford. It's Drew, Derek, the Jays, and Porzingis, yeah. Uh, I thought you – yeah, okay, never mind. So then, Justin, what's your preferred starting lineup? Probably that. Okay, two for two. Sam, rock the boat. Ah, oh, man. See, here's what sucks about the Celtics being good, right? Is <laughs> both Derek White and Al Horford have not been as good of players when they come off the bench. Al Horford is like never came off the bench except when he was in Philly and he was not good in Philly. And Derek White, Jack, you mentioned this last time we talked about this, but when he's come off the bench in Boston, it's been like sporadic. He hasn't really been able to get used to the role but neither one of them has been very good. At this point, I lean Derek White off the bench, but I think it's very compelling to have him in the starting lineup, boosting your center depth, like you guys said, and making more time for Peyton Pritchard. So I suppose I'll roll with you guys, but I I don't know. I, I think it's weird to see Horford come off the bench. Until I see it, I can't believe in it. 20 minutes until the playoffs during the regular season-ish, give or take, you know, three or four minutes either direction. I think will do wonders to make his three point percentage stay nice and crisp in the playoffs. Would help. Would would yeah. help if these guys didn't forget how to play when uh, it's May. They ran out of steam. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, p- part of me wants to say Warford is a professional. It would be really nice if he, you know, embraced being a six man. There's a lot of versatility that comes in at the four or the five. Um, I do wonder, and he's not an old, old man, but you know the stories where like people retire or semi-retire and they like really age really fast? Like There might be something about going through the motions as a starter, being a featured player, like getting up with the starters, getting that like energy that comes at the beginning of a game that could be good for keeping him spry. Um, I don't think that's backed by much science. I am curious what it would look like, especially with this hard pivot. I mean, no one saw the Drew Holiday trade coming. I think everyone expected Al Horford to start. Well, we Al did Sutton. talk about it, all three of us. Okay. <laughs> we were all like, we're getting Drew Holiday. <laughs> but yes, okay, we we the oracles here. Um so I, I actually am amenable to Al Horford either saying this is what I want or this is what I need, and not pulling rank, but Joe Mazula saying, okay. Um it, I um pretty conscious jack that it does change the rotation in a pretty meaningful way and i was thinking about this today like does joe like talk to Derek white and al horford like i wonder what that conversation looks like so i think i'm gonna zigzag a little bit and i'm gonna start al horford Mm. now respect the fact of the matter is al horford is gonna miss at least what is it 13 games because he's probably not gonna play in back-to-backs so it is likely that he is down to uh 82 minus 13. From there, let's assume he'll rest here and there. So there's going to be a more than handful of games where Al Horford isn't in the calculus for the rotation anyways, to say nothing of 
knock on wood, other injuries that may or may not present themselves. So let's uh, let's consider that. I'm going to throw some scenarios out there, both vague and hyper-specific, and let's talk about who we want to see on the floor. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. What is your preferred genotime garbage time lineup? So it's a party. Celtics are winning up I-30. It's just get the fans hype, get the fans hype, get the fans hype. Who do you want to see in this, mm. the game? Um, I'll go first if that is helpful. I'd like to see Pritchard because um, I think Pritchard needs as much sunshine as he can get. And I don't know that he's going to get so much of it with two unbelievable guards on the Celtics roster now. Um, I'd like to see Delano Banton, a 6'9 guard with a body like that, is a really fascinating prospect. So I don't just want him to be in garbage time, but I hope he sees the court. Um, definitely Lamar Stevens. Uh, I'm in so much agreement. We can do this now, but like, I actually think he's going to be a featured player in the rotation. Jordan Walsh, because I think he's going to be a fan favorite. And I'm going to cheat. Blake Griffin. Mm. Jack, who's your garbage time lineup? Can I include two-way guys, or are they null and void in this uh, scenario? All right, I'll include two-way guys. I include some of them on the team, so... No one loves J.D. Davison like Celtics fans love J.D. Davison. I'm going to put him in there. Jordan Walsh, because he's hilarious. Uh, I'll go with uh, Nemius Keita, because Celtics fans already seem to like him, like, crazy amount for somebody who never played for the organization, wasn't drafted here. Like, they just seem to like him. I'm going to go double bigs, just run Nemi and Luke Cornett for fun, because why not? Uh, and then I will go for my last one. I'll also say Delano Banton just because he was also kind of a local kid. I think he went to high school in the area too. So why not throw him in there? All right, Sam. Um, I'm under the belief like the Celtics roster is really good. Like they're title favorites. When you're title favorites, you should kind of have to carry like some guy off the street on your team. Like you pick one fan, do a raffle or something <laughs> before the game and you trot him out there. So the one fan you can put uh, – I think I agree with you, Cam, on Peyton Pritchard. I think it's really good to get as much run as you can, especially as it's apparently time to negotiate an extension with him. Something four months ago, we would have been like, wait, what? He's still on the team and he hasn't been traded and they're going to extend him? <laughs> um, I think Delano Banton is such an interesting character with his skill set. He's so long. Jordan Walsh is also a great uh, character personality-wise, hysterical. And you have to put I, – I want to say Luke Cornett, but I think Luke Cornett's going to have too big of a role to be garbage time guy. So I think we'll say Nimi. All right. And then yeah. one of us four. Great. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. That's or Joe's point. a player coach. Oh, don't mm. get started. Dr. Cornett. There, there might be rules against that, but I think we should get rid of them just for this to happen. Mm. For me, I think I just want to see uh, the future Bus One Boys, the next iteration mm-hmm. of the Bus One Boys, which are just uh, the leader, the new leader of the, the Bus One Boys, which is Luke, plus very young, very tall, very bouncy people to share the court with him, like Banton, Jordan Walsh, Svi, Wenyin, Gabriel. I think that those guys would all be a lot of fun very tall, kind of a mess because it's not quite a natural fit for all of them, particularly with the level of skill that Banton looks like he's at in terms of being a point guard. He's good, but he's not NBA good yet. So I'd be very curious to see how that would go. Great. All right. I got one more of these, and then we'll we'll do by position because uh, we could do this until the cows come home. The Celtics need a basket. It's not like five minutes left. It's not the crunch time lineup. It's not the closing lineup. It is a they have called a timeout. They've advanced the ball. They're down a three. They need to score at least three points. Um, or a quick two. I don't know. It doesn't. It's not the three-point lineup. Like if you're playing 2K and you have the three-point lineup and it's all the highest three-point shooters. I want you to build the most uh, competitive lineup for either getting a basket or immediately doing the right thing if they miss the basket. Say they have to foul. Say they have to get back and play deep. So your single play, play and a half crunch time lineup. So uh, <laughs> YouTube crowd, Sam and Jack are like cartoonishly deep in thoughts. So I guess I'll go first again to stop. <laughs> oh my God, that was quite amusing to me. Just like, damn. Um, Derek White's <laughs> in after game six. There's no Good way call. he's not on the list. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are in because of uh, 
parlor politics and probably they deserve it. Sometimes Jalen maybe doesn't, but Jalen's in. Mm. Uh, Horford, I think, is in. Um, I'm worried that he's going to get tired in like the Eastern Conference Finals, say, but for now, Horford is in. I don't know if I include Porzingis. I think, like, politically, you include Porzingis, but I think maybe I go Drew there. So I think I'm going White, Drew, the Jays, and Horford for like a crunch time, need a basket. If it's crunch time, need a stop. Porzingis is probably in, but even then, Sam, to your point, like a, a embarrassment of wealth. Like I, I don't really want to decide. So I'm. Going I wish with... they sucked again. Yeah, because now there's so much pressure to win every game. Like when they lose, I'm going to be pissed every time. You just yeah, can't win as a. You have to be really dumb to like sports. <laughs> oh man, that's. I'm going to quote you on that. I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, <laughs> so I think Drew Holiday has to be there. We've seen Drew Holiday come up big in situations against the Celtics. So mm-hmm. respect. He's earned my respect. He hasn't even suited up for them yet, taken the parquet, whatever you want to say. But he he's earned the right to be out there as a veteran. Uh, I think you have a great take on Al Horford. I trust him. So I think he has to be there too. But I, I'm torn because I think Porzingis is a good option if you need like a quick like tip-in lob. Yeah, I know you need at least three points. But if you're, you're going for a quick yeah. two and a foul which I'm a firm believer in, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Porzingis for the lob there, but I'll say Al out of trust. You have to put Tatum out there and Jalen Brown and, of course, Derek White because he's so versatile and he actually is a sneaky good creator, especially with the floaters, and he's very reliable from three. Can I just say, um, there were so many times, maybe not so many times, there were several times this past season where the Celtics needed multiple timeouts at the end of the game because in the NBA, because it's an entertainment product, they just let you advance the ball, which doesn't make any sense, but you get to do it. And if Joe Mazzulla wasn't stingy about his timeout use, the Celtics wouldn't have timeouts at the end of the game, so the quick two foul, get the ball back, wouldn't work. So as much as maybe the team needed like chemistry resets or whatever, you get so many television timeouts, injury timeouts, extended reviews in the NBA that I'm a fan of hoarding timeouts at the end of an NBA game, because it it advances the ball like nothing else in sports do you just get like a free <laughs> leg up for calling a timeout like that so i do love the quick two and foul if you have the timeouts which historically the celtics do have okay jack your go get a basket please line up yeah when you asked the question i was kind of thinking the same thing both of you guys just said it drew Derek, the jays and horford just because horford has to be on there but for the sake of being different and just to bring up the con the point again um I think Lamar Stevens really has a chance. Like mm. he's so good. For a he's basket? so good. He's so smart. It, it well in the context of doing the right thing for a basket, you put Porzingis on over Horford, right? <laughs> like if you want, if you want a bucket, you put the best bucket getters. You put on the Jays, Drew, Derek, or Horford. You put on one of your six best players. But if you're talking in the context of you know they'll do the right thing on either end of the court, Lamar Stevens did that for the Cavs. Lamar Stevens was like a rock wow. for them. He was a four year player at Penn State. He he was like so good like like everything you hear about Lamar Stevens is yeah that dude's like knows what he's doing that dude impacts winning that dude is is a hustle guy he'll do what it takes like I truly think for the same reasons that you would put Marcus Smart in in some scenarios like you could see Lamar Stevens get some looks in those scenarios not because he's the same leader necessarily yet or he's the same defender yet but because he's the guy who will do whatever and he'll do the right whatever at the right time yeah 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 the controlled chaos guy which is important not the aaron neesmith Mm. chaos guy um but in the context (laughs) of doing what you need to do um and i i'm not gonna say he'd replace you know Derek white or Jalen brown or anybody like i I don't know who you'd replace but like if joe missoula i i think i'll put it this way i think lamar stevens is a guy who will do enough to earn joe missoula's trust to the point where he'll put him on the court in some of those situations wow i freaking love that okay Dr. Quinn, top that. So I think I did, but only in a very, very, very specific and narrow window in the NBA Finals when Mm. the Celtics play this team, because there's a pretty good chance that they'll play this team. They would deploy this lineup specifically because there is only one player on their roster who, well, let's see if you can figure out who the team is when I tell you the people. Starting at point guard, we have Delano Banton, 
It's the Nuggets. You're getting, you have the right idea. Starting as your shooting guard, you have Al Horford. Well, this is wacky. Then as your small forward, you have Luke Cornett. For your power forward, you have Nemius Keta. He's by the Warriors. Upgraded. Oh, it's, it's the Monstars. I get it. No, no, no. And Chris Stapps for your center. Because there is not a single freaking player on the Phoenix Suns who is over 6'9 <laughs> named who aren't named Kevin Durant. Okay. <laughs> just eat the eat the Suns. Just <laughs> the just to each other like over, doing... over there. Yeah. The yeah, Spider-Man just... meme with the Suns, because they're just gonna roll out Chris Paul, Curry, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond. Fair. Yeah. Okay, so there's two teams. Two teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like the confidence that the Suns are going to the finals. I mean, that's not the point of this episode, but the amount of length that the Celtics have, a la the 2019 uh, Raptors or like the mid 20 teens Thunder. It's. I hope they play zone the entire season. And switch like switch everything so aggressively such that it's zone or just play zone. Okay. It would anyway. nice be nice to see zone uh not hurt the Celtics and help them. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, we got the rat list coming up. I have, I have an idea. <laughs> okay. Um we could do lineups. Actually, Dr. Quinn, I think in a, a different version of this, we were gonna do who you roll out against the Sixers, who you roll out against the Nuggets, but I think we have enough just question marks in the depth chart that let's talk about that for a little bit. So I think it's fair enough to say Porzingis and Horford are not going to play. Let's say they play 60 games this season collectively. Hopefully it's staggered. They don't miss many games the same night. I'm high on Luke Cornett, but let's keep it 100. Like He's not necessarily a starter quality big man for a team that's supposed to go to the title. And then a lot of question marks in the front court. Uh, Winnie Gabriel had a really nice FIBA. Kita, I hope I'm saying that right. It was promising. O'Shea Brissett, I think, could play effective power forward. I'm interested in Jason Tatum playing power forward or maybe even center in some lineups. But perhaps Boston needs to go out and go sign another big. So I'll swing it to my illustrious panel. Do or how much do the Celtics need to go get another big and what type of player or do you have a name that they ought to be targeting? Dr. Quinn, I'll go to you first. How worried are you about the Celtics front court depth? I'm a little worried. Uh, I've been fairly worried ever since they've started shaking things up with Chris Stapps. Uh, they might not need another big man for the regular season. I guess we're going to find out about that. I think Wenyan Gabriel is probably good enough. I think Luke Cornett is good enough for most matchups in the regular season. I don't think anybody uh, is good enough to be a crack, a crack glass in case of an emergency in the playoffs type of a big, they probably want to consolidate some of their salaries, whether it's some of their bigs and some other positions or whatever into a bigger salaried player with the chops to at least be playable in the first round, you know, just in case, you know, maybe even beyond that, but they, they need something because We've seen Luke in the playoffs. He's good. He tries really hard, but he's like a deer in headlights sometimes, and he's not aggressive enough for what the job requires in that particular context. He's fine in the regular season. I'm glad he's on the roster. I'm not saying they should get rid of him or anything like that, but they do need a little bit more. Uh, there's some interesting people out there. If they wanted to sign free agents, there's there's still Blake Griffin, if you can convince him. It doesn't sound like he's coming back. Jermichael Green, Bismarck Biambo, Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, Diang, they're all free agents potentially could fit the bill really i think only blake griffin really meets the level of the type of player that you'd be looking for some other guys out there i think who make very small amounts of money and could reasonably be moved nick smith from the hornets because lord knows what's going on over there and he's already kind of redundant Mm -hmm. i don't know if he's quite up for doing anything interesting other than being a massive body you can put on bigger guys nick richards did I say Nick? Nick? Richards? Yeah, Smith. yeah, Nick Richards. Nick Thank Smith. you. I don't know why I said okay. Nick Smith. Who the hell is Nick Smith Nick, anyway? Nick Smith. Oh, he's on the he's rookie. on the horse too. He's a rookie Arkansas. on the horse. Yeah, I was like, okay. Wait a Thank you. No, you got you got me. Thank you. <laughs> I was confused. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a guy we, I think we've spoken about a couple of times on this show uh, who might end up being moved anyway just to make some room for the Thunder, who currently have too many players. 
to, to, to roster. Uh, Goga Patadze, maybe if you squint really hard, or Andre Drummond, those are all guys I think mm. who could conceivably be pried f- free from their current situation if things break the right way. There might be better options out there. I'm still, you know, trying to think of the beef stew revolution in Boston, uh, but I've learned the hard way not to get too attached to that idea. I don't get that Andre Drummond thing, Alex. Uh, so he can grab fun. rebounds and not make stupid mistakes. He's not going to do anything rebounder ever. Else, but yeah, he yeah. Can make rebounds and not make stupid mistakes. Is that is that peace sign? <laughs> okay. Um, the peace sign play is one of my favorite plays ever. Actually, just yeah. giving the peace sign to the Heat crowd. Were they like down twenty? They're down a lot. Yeah. Um, also, what is it? Thirty-six uh, free throw attempts, seventeen points on the game. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, no. Like these, the, the the guys who are easily gettable, and they may not go for an easily gettable guy. Like we were hinting at earlier, they they're thinking about presumably using the traded player exception, which I think is like five something ish million dollars, a little under six million dollars. They could get a pretty good quality guy, but the problem is everyone thinks they have a chance right now, so it might not be for a while. And that's fine. Um, it doesn't make for a good podcast, but that's fine. Okay, uh, Sam and Jack. Where are you at with the, the front court? Sam, I'll do first. All right. No! So the reason why Jack and I were having a giggle fest over here is no! because uh, it hold was on, almost hold like. On, hold on. I'm going to count down from three and you guys can say it together. How's that? Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, right. yeah. The Celtics should add to the front court the following player three, two, one. Kenneth Reed. Kenneth Reed. Oh, cool. Okay. Animal. Sam, explain. So Jack and I were bored as hell in August and July. And we were, I forget. Oh, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill Simmons did a documentary with the G League last year. I had a G League player on. He, they were talking about why the Heat are able to find these guys out of nowhere. And the reason why Miami is able to do that is because instead of being like, this guy could pan out to be something great someday. They're just like, oh, this guy could help us now. So mm-hmm. what we did is we went on Real GM and we found some guys. We all we picked out guys that stood out. And we were like, Kenneth Freed. So what we did is we watched highlights and Kenneth Freed still rules. He's awesome. He does super cool dunks. He does loud blocks. Right now. Currently. They're, yeah, he's like great. he's playing in Mexico City. Like he's awesome. Shout out Justin. They, they need to go get him. He's awesome. He's so fun to watch. Like he would be a perfect uh, Geno time guy. Trot him out there. Yes. And it would be like Blake Griffin when Blake Griffin dunked like two times last year. How excited everybody was. Very much be like Blake Griffin. And let me tell you why. Because what you don't see on those videos that I did see when he was not playing in Capitanes games. You're ruining our dreams. the, the, the (laughs) The man was inseparable from his tens belt. If you don't know what that is, it's an electrical stimulant thing that like keeps your muscles loose. Hmm. That's okay. Considering how much he was going to be playing in the role that we would be asking him to, I don't think it would be a problem. But at that point, we would be going for the uh, break glass. They're all glass in case of emergency hmm. front court. We can have the belt on on the bench while he hangs out. Sure, and then when they're like, get in there, he takes mm-hmm. it off. Sure. Yeah. Somebody uh, he's really good. On the side no, I don't want. Somehow. I don't want. I don't want to take away from the fact that he, I. I completely agree. As long as he's healthy and he wasn't injured, that I noticed when during last season's Capitani season, uh, he wouldn't talk to me too much. But that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we don't want him. He's Probably bad. Because of all these HIPAA violations. No, I don't. I don't really know what was going. I think that was just like a communication uh, breakdown between uh, myself and his people. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, he did look really, really good, and he can help an NBA team. If he doesn't come back for Boston, I hope I do see him somewhere because he he was living up to that. that I, I don't understand why he fell out of the league. I really, well, really he's learning how to shoot threes. Mm. Joe kind would of. like that. He would like be like, all right. I've never heard Justin make that noise before. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, like the idea. Let's keep it moving. In terms of. In oh, okay, Jack, I got one more go, quickly. I'm just going to play out a scenario that we can get it out. Celtics mm-hmm. trade for random $5 million player with the TPE. Deadline mm-hmm. rolls around. Player becomes trade eligible. $5 million plus two plus two, which is two minimum guys, equals $9 million. Who makes $9 million? Daniel Tykes makes $9 million. <laughs> Bring him back! Bring him back! No, I'm I'm pro that too. Like, I love Thank Daniel you. Tice. 
world champion, eliminated the USA pretty much by himself, had a monster game on the big stage. <laughs> and also, he just can't get enough of the Celtics. They traded him away twice now, and he was at the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference Finals last year to support the fellas. So I'm all for get him that. Back in, back in Boston. But Jordan mm-hmm. Walsh would have to give up 27 because I don't do the guys wearing different numbers. Yeah, that's a problem. Mm. Yeah, I think Jack Ryan, I don't think it'll work. I mean, how's that? Mm, that's true. <laughs> um, Idiot. Wah, wah, wee, wah. That's fun. That's very fun. Wow. You give me a lot to think about. Okay. Um, I want to get to the rat list. I don't want to run too long in the tooth because season hasn't even started yet. But let's talk about guards really quick. So Drew Holiday and Derek White. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. That's a a junkyard dog situation in the backcourt um good luck to damian lillard I, I can't i can't get over this is like i think we need to turn the heat up on how fantastic this is I, I i'm trying to think of a time in sports where a team did someone dirty and they ended up on their chief rival it's like better than ray allen joining the heat like it's so oh, isaiah good. but like, they traded him to the Cavs and they just never played but then he, he had beef with paul pierce for like two months oh yeah but it had to, I mean, well, I hope it doesn't pan out like the Isaiah trade. Um, yeah, this is, like, in terms of sports narratives, Drew Holiday, like, dogging Dame Lillard the entire Eastern Conference Finals or semifinals is pretty sick. Anyways, so Drew and Derek White are in the front court. Uh, Fast PP is also in backcourt, backcourt, uh, also a guard. Jalen Brown... I, th- I don't think it, he's small for a small forward. I think he's like the same size as Kawhi. Like, I think he's a wing who... Six foot six. Yeah, he's not small. Yeah, he got forced to play two guard for a while, and he shouldn't dribble that much, quite frankly. So I don't really want him to play guard. I want him to play wing. Maybe he disagrees. Sim Hauser in a pinch could play guard. Delano Banton is, is also a guard, but unproven. So I want to ask you... Guys, the same question I asked you about big men. Where are you at with the depth in the backcourt? And how urgent is it that the Celtics make a move? And do you have a name in mind? So I'll go the reverse order. Jack, first bite at the apple. Where are you at with the guards of the Celtics? Uh, I think the guards are all right. I, I think Drew and Derek is good. And Pritchard is fine as that third string guy if you stagger it right. I think Jordan Walsh could get some run at the two. And you don't really need another point guard because Drew and Derek can both run point. And Jason Tatum can run. He's not great in that role but he can he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot anyway same thing with Jalen Brown like they're gonna have the ball a lot and so you don't necessarily need another ball dominant guy so you combine that with Jordan Walsh can play some two guard Delano Banton can play whatever he wants at right like he can just kind of do whatever in that regard Jay Scrubs a name we haven't even mentioned on this podcast as a two-way guy same with JD like those are two two of your two-way spots taken up by guards so I think you're okay I, like they could maybe get somebody with that TPE, but I think that should be reserved for a big probably with how the depth is at, at the moment. So I, I think the Celtics should feel comfortable with, okay, if the, if this is the route they go with the starting lineup, okay, or well, Derek and Drew out there at the starting lineup, then maybe we bring Allen for one of them. Then we rotate it. So Pritchard gets some secondary minutes and then whoever we think fits best for that night, Banton or Jordan Walsh gets those tertiary guard minutes. And, and then you can roll like that in the regular season. And then by the playoffs you run, the starters 40 minutes anyways and Pritchard can get some minutes so I, I think they're okay at guard uh but if it becomes a problem because injury here there whatever you know comes up then you can address it with the TPE or with smaller deals huh? okay very concise Sam where are you at so I'm gonna go with a the squeaky wheel gets the grease here and by uh squeaky wheel I mean this position plays absolutely terrible so I think right mm-hmm. now they should play it by ear with the guard spot. Uh, I think Pritchard is a good option. I think Pritchard is somebody that every time the Celtics have asked literally anything of him, he usually steps in and fills the role pretty well. But if for whatever reason he isn't able to do it and it really starts to hurt them that they don't have that third guard, which it probably won't. They made the finals with Smart and Derek White as their primary guys. Uh, they should be just fine. Then you turn to the center spot and you fix that. It it just really is going to depend which one is glaringly worse. Right. And as okay. far as guys, I oh, maybe Chris Dunn, if you can get him. I don't think you're going to be able to. Just just off the top of my head. I'm from Rhode Island, dude. Give me a break. PC. <laughs> Dr. Cook. I'm a little more worried than than these two are, only because Drew has had some health issues in the past. 
Derek White has been rock solid with his health, and I'm not going to say anything else because I'm superstitious. Mm. Uh, those are the two players, I think, who can function as primary ball handlers in a playoff situation. I am not at all concerned with this team for the regular season. I think it is beyond adequate. It is so far beyond adequate for the regular season. There's no point in really talking about it any more than I just did. But in terms of the playoffs, we have seen what people do to Pritchard when he is your primary ball handler. He can kind of survive in more of an off-ball role as like a catch-and-shoot shooting guard. But even in the playoff situation, he's going to be highly exploitable. So either having someone like, I don't know, someone who maybe called the Boston Celtics looking for a job like Austin Rivers, or mm-hmm. maybe somebody with a little bit more size, but also familiarity with a team like Javante Green, somebody who can dribble the ball, not turn it over, bring it up the court, and then let the guys who are probably going to be the primary scorers, except for in catch and shoot situations, do their job. They need one more guy on this roster because I love Delano Banton, but he's he's not proven for the regular season, never mind the playoffs. So they need one more person who can move the ball a little bit, pass the ball, I mean, pass the ball, uh, dri- dri- bring up the court, all that good stuff. And they don't have that guy on the roster yet. I'm pretty sure they're going to find him. Maybe, maybe Banton becomes that guy. I have strong reservations. I do not think you should play games uh, considering the stakes, particularly with the now significant financial uh, things going on that Wick seems very happy to pay if they are winning, that being the, the key caveat. So for me, I think they should be looking around to some other people they could trade for, maybe reunite Aaron Holiday, uh, Brandon Boston, Amir Coffey, just somebody like that who doesn't make a lot of money, uh, can presumably use without using very much of, if not any of the TPE. I do agree with Jack that that should be reserved for a big man because that's really the position of need. This is something they can even do without entirely for the Jason Tatum reasons that have been already cited, but I would feel a little bit more comfortable if they had a little bit more proven depth in the backcourt. Um, I just looked up this person's salary and it's my new chief target for the Boston Celtics. Dwight Powell only makes $4 million a year. Mm. I've been so high on Dwight Powell since he was a member of the Boston Celtics. I know they just resigned him. Yeah. Um, what if Gray's a good deal? Whoa, I, I love that so much. Okay. Mavs fans don't like him, by the way. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> but the Mavs really do. But I, uh, yeah, I was well, he's, he's got great. Al Horford vibes. He does a lot of good stuff that doesn't show up in the box score, but like, yeah, he's a good center still. Uh, that's my new dream for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, the guard situation is stable. You could bring in someone with respect to backup guards. There's a lot of them out there. You can always go find one. I'm, I'm not too worried. I'm very curious about Banton just because of his size. So I think my emphasis would be the front court. And I thought Dwight Powell made 12 million a year. No, he's three year contract, 12 million. That's unbelievable. Okay. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but also nothing has happened yet. So rather than uh, talk ourselves in circles, We'll begin to, to wrap things up. I had teased that Sam and Jack over on the How About Them Celtics podcast do their rat list. I'm going to say you can do one of two things. We'll go around the horn one last time. You can either do a rat list to honor the How About Them Seas podcast. Go check it out, How About Them Celtics. Or if you're feeling positive, you can shout out something positive that you saw from uh, Media Day or something like that. So, uh, Sam... Since you're the expert, you go first. Give us oh, I don't know first. Okay, I can go first. Okay. <laughs> I can go if you don't want to. All right. I, I, I need to get inspired. I have like some lame ones, but I, I don't have anything like that's in a murder yet. All right, Jack, you go. All right. Well, maybe this is a carryover because I kind of shared something similar on our podcast a day ago. But I so I've been going to Celtics practice this week. And for those who don't know, I write freelance for my job, right? Which throughout the past year or whatever is just me in my desk chair writing like a hobbit yes. at my home. Right. So I've been going out. Hermit. Actually. Yeah. Hermit. Same Doesn't thing. go outside <laughs> a lot. Okay. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been, dri- I've been driving in and out of, of Brighton this week and oh my God, do people not know how to drive? And it's just, I just can't, I, it's just, it's, it's frustrating me every time at every turn and there was one in particular that uh, we did the rat list on our show and i had to bring up google earth to fully explain why <laughs> i got angry 
we did this so there's there's this road leading out so it's basically just it's like a t right that intersection's just a t there's a road this way i'm coming up to the t and the right lane is right turn only and the left lane is left turn only and so i'm getting up there's backed up in the right lane only everyone wants to go right so i'm backed all the way up finally get to the front i'm about to go through somebody speeds in from the left and cuts in to go right and i miss the light you don't deserve a license. Take it away. It's got to go. Get off the roads. Don't care. As Sam would say, tank. That's what yeah, you needed on the you road. Have a tank. It's got, it, get off the road. It, it's just, I, I can't. And I'm a very angry driver. So I, I'm just in my car saying a lot of words. I'm not going to say here. I was very angry. So Ratless, the drivers of, of Boston, Brighton, Massachusetts, you got, I, I stand by it. You have like if you do something like that, they should have the street cameras and they should send you a letter saying, come retake the test. You don't get to drive anymore. <laughs> wow. Okay. Jack, a fan of the nanny state. Um, Dr. Quinn, do you have a rat list? Or are you feeling good? He's yeah. Ready. And it's related to being here in Mexico, which Jack never, ever, ever, ever rent a car <laughs> in the city because <laughs> your rat list will take up an entire episode. Yeah. We have bad traffic here, but that's not what my complaint is because, you know, it's kind of redundant and we all have bad traffic. Uh, Jack's particularly bad lately, uh, or really, I wouldn't say traffic, but driver in this particular instance. Uh, in my case, it's the U.S. Department of the Treasury, which being here in Mexico, it makes doing my taxes a little more difficult. And as a freelancer, which I'm sure, Jack, you are learning the ropes of doing the taxes, uh, it's, it's interesting. And, well, let's just say that my estimated tax was incorrect, and the U.S. Department of Treasury was very, very upset with me and maybe sent me some very scary uh, communications, which I said, I don't know what I'm doing. Please don't <laughs> hurt me. Uh, but then... I guess because I'm bad at math, go figure. Uh, I evidently sent them too much money. And so they owed me $2. And instead of just applying that to my taxes next year or anything logical, they mailed me a check through the International Post Service that definitely cost them more than $2 to mail me. And I was like, ha, 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 I have to send this back to the States with a signature to my sister and then ask her to go deposit it because you cannot have, you cannot have someone else. Uh, actually, no, I don't think my sister can do it because you, you have to personally present your own signed in their presence thing mm -hmm. for a Treasury Department check, which means I couldn't cash the check they sent me. So now they're harassing me via mail with more mail telling me that they owe me $2. You don't just just hold on to it, man. It's two freaking dollars. Here's my rat list. You should be able to sign off on that. Yeah. I have a lot of rat list stuff related to the bureaucracy right now as a public school employee, but I'm going to bite my tongue. Uh, I'm going to give a rat list that is pedantic and cheeky because the things that Twitter does like platform Nazis and like promote hate speech is worse. However, the switch today on Twitter, where they took away the headlines and it's just photos for articles, is so unbelievable. What stupid. is that a thing? You haven't noticed this? No. Maybe oh, you haven't no. seen it yet. Oh, Sam froze. I was gonna also rat list bad Wi-Fi. Um, no, he's back. Yeah, it's so rat listed. Permanent rat it's list. Listed. Um, oh no, I see it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, just to close the loop, I sincerely believe Elon Musk aims to break Twitter and hates the, what Twitter stands for and hates people who oh. use Twitter professionally. Of all the stupid things, working. Done, many, of, many of which are way more damaging, this one is so friggin' stupid. Um, so my rat list is <laughs> all that. Wow. Jack, Jack is having a meltdown. That's um, awful. I, he oh, headline writing right. is an art, and that's just not a thing anymore. So anyways, that's my rat list. Oh, the articles? That's terrible. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, uh, my other rat list was bad Wi-Fi, Sam. So yeah, just in case, this episode of the, po the Celtics Lab podcast was brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. We've been talking to the boys over at the How About Them Celtics podcast, Jack Simone and Samuel France. We've been talking to me, Cameron Tupfai, and Dr. Justin Quinn to bring it home. 
with his last ounce of Wi-Fi. Sam, your rat list. Go. So I'm going to go positive here. But because it's not as no 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 listen 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 it, it's not bad it, it's not bad the most but I can't negative it, person I've ever personally met in my life is gonna go positive for oh, the that's rat such list. a title I'm so jealous oh but so, so the reason can't why see it I'm on Twitter it because yeah. I cannot I cannot put this on our show because it just doesn't fit but it okay. fits because you it you pitch the positivity so I went to Duncan yesterday and. I was looking to get a coffee. It's probably like what seven, seven thirty at night. I'm a freak. I'll get coffee at night if I'm going to do something because I want one the sure. treat, two a little bit of energy. Non-alcoholic espresso martini. Yeah. So I go through the drive-through for whatever reason. This Duncan Jack, you'll appreciate this. Had the the little like promo poster up still of the salted caramel cold brew. So if you want a rat list, mm. they actually did not have it. Hmm. Rats. But. Yeah, there you go. A little negativity for you. I had to sneak it in. I'm trying to be positive. I am trying to turn a new leaf. Uh, so I order my just regular cold brew. And the kid hands it to me. Then he goes, can I, will you try my drink? And I was like, what? He was like, I, I made like a special drink. Like, I was like, well, what's in it? He's like, just starts like naming off like all these different Duncan flavors and, and it's a cold brew and all this. And he was so proud of me, like put cinnamon on the top and I took a sip. It was good. And he was like, do you want it? I was like, well, no, like I have, I have my drink. I don't want your drink, <laughs> but it wasn't bad. He was like, well, they, they won't put it on the menu. He had an impressive <laughs> like recipe for a coffee. So good for him. They let me in on the bullshit. I miss, I miss working in places like I used to work in a nursing home where it's just shenanigans from like start to finish of your shift. And I got to get back in on the nonsense. So I was very pleased to contribute. I just, I just love that a good entrepreneur you can find anywhere. Respect. A yeah. School or a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, uh, tell me off air where that Dunkin' Donuts is. I want to go visit this young man and, and okay. try his magical potion. Okay. On that happy note, um, we were brought to you by FanDuel. We were brought to you by AG1. Dunkin' Donuts. Just give us a call. Uh, check out the SeatGeek promo code by the How About Them Celtics boys, HBTC. How about that? Yeah. Product. Check out Celtics blog. Check out Celtics wire. And obviously check out Celtics lab. They've done, done your homework there. Next week, we will have an actual preseason game to talk about. And who knows? Maybe another trade. I mean, just statistically, it seems likely. Until then, thanks for listening. We will catch you later. And adios.